it's time for the December 30, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals, Weekly Review, a personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting on the Festival of Enormous Change at the last minute from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Casper. And as always, because he won't take no for an answer, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Mm-hmm. Mahler, the fake news dog. Mahler? Mahler. You know, he was barking and barking and yeah, barking. Yeah. He's been and doing that lately. And then he just runs away. Yeah, he's been doing that lately. Yeah. Yeah. Mahler, yeah. the fake news dog. Oh, there he goes. Come on. You do better than that, Mahler. Yeah, Mahler, come on. This Give is... it all, Mahler. Give it all. Come on. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. Now Mahler, can... the fake news dog. Now we can start the show. Thank you, Mahler. Today we'll be talking about bestiality, what? COVID in China, the Russian sausage magnet, <laughs> pneumatic tube operators, and so forth. And so on. But first, <laughs> you used to be a projectionist at the Balboa Theater, didn't I, you? I, I was. I've heard for tales a about tales you know, tales. burned film. Yes, and, all, kinds yeah. of, all kinds of tragedies. And fortunately, no one died while I was, yeah. in, in, while I was projecting. That's so. always a benchmark for me, too. <laughs> no one died. No one died. I did a good uh, job. I'm not saying anything about injuries or yeah, anything else. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway. Did, did yeah. you ever screen uh, Fritz Lang's Metropolis? We did. We did. We had a double bill with, I think, with M. M? Oh, yeah. yeah. So go. I think that was our double bill. Yeah, Peter Laurie's so great in M. Oh, he's, uh, he's just amazing. Yeah. I can watch that show. I don't even look at the subtitles. In fact, I, if I can, I turn them off. Because mm-hmm. he, in German, yeah. carries the movie. Yeah. You don't need to understand anything that he's saying. He just is, what he's, he's about vocalizing. As cre- yeah, he's about as creepy as you can get. Yeah, and, but he's projecting. Yeah. All yeah. he's going through, yes, just all in the his, torments, his emotions, and all, yeah, and, and absolutely, facial expressions. Great, great performance. Yep. What, <sighs> what about Metropolis? Yeah, it's a great uh, movie too. Yeah. I always enjoyed Metropolis. Mm. I might have been down there back in the seventies when you were screening that. I'm, I might have been watching. I can't tell you for sure. I was projecting. Yes, so we had two. We would show some uh, bills t- uh, for two days in a row. I think that was a one-nighter, as I recall. And yeah. I don't know if I was the projectionist, but I do remember it. Fritz Lang. Yeah. What a great film. Mm-hmm. From Duke University's Center for the Study of the Public Domain. Mm-hmm. Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Works by Franz Kafka and thousands of other additional works of literature, music, and film. First copyrighted in 1927. Will enter the U.S. public domain this Sunday. All right. January 1st. This means at Herman Hesse's novel Steppenwolf. Huh. The final set of Sherlock's home stories and the classic song, Ice Cream, You Scream, We All Scream for Ice Cream, among many other works, will be free to, for anyone to copy, share, and build on. Okay. Now, Ice Cream, You Scream is yeah. uh, not exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, notable books and authors entering U.S. public domain January 1 include To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf, Men Without Women by Ernest Hemingway, The Big Four by Agatha Christie, America by Franz Kafka, and The Future of Illusion by Sigmund Freud. Notable movies include, like we said, Fritz Lang's Metropolis, 
Alfred Hitchcock's first thriller, The Lodger, The King of Kings, directed by Cecil B. DeMille, and The Battle of the Century, starring Laurel and Hardy. Hmm. Okay. That'd be fun. That would be the one. I mean, I know yeah. Fritz Lang, everybody's going to jump on, but it'd be fun to get hold of some Laurel and Hardy stuff. Yeah. Metropolis went through a lot of restorations and, yeah, and yeah. additional footage. Nuts. and yeah. I mean, honestly, I think there was at least four different versions of it where they added footage, they found footage, and added some more. Yeah. So it, I'd be curious as to which of the restored or not uh, restored oh, I think versions probably. Yeah. I, I believe it's the yeah. what was copyrighted on, yeah. in 1927. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, notable music includes Potato Head Blues and Gully Low Blues by Louis Armstrong, Black and Tan Fantasy and East St. Louis Toodaloo by Bob Miley and Duke Ellington, Putting on the Ritz by Irving Berlin, mm. The Best Things in Life Are Free from the musical Good News, and Funny Face and So Wonderful from the musical Funny Face. There you go. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. marvelous. By Just the way, be able to but, sing that whenever you want to. I think we should make that our theme song. We should, you know what? We should yeah. open it every show with an a cappella version of that. Every, yeah. You know, just to get it, just get get us going. You and me and Mahler. And Mahler. Yeah. yeah. What Bring do you him think, Mahler? You like it? Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, a, he's, a, he's a tenor. I think you could probably. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there he goes. Do you ever use eBay? No. Never? I've never sold anything on eBay, and I very, very rarely look at it if if I'm looking for you know, the, a 1950s Playboy or something, I might look for it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't ever go on eBay, to be honest with you. Yeah. Why would you lie? From the New York Times, German security researchers studying biometric capture devices popular with the U.S. military got more than they expected for $68 on eBay. Is that right? Yeah. A shoebox-shaped device a device designed to capture fingerprints and perform iris scans, you know, your eyes, mm -hmm. uh, was listed on eBay for $149.95. Matthias Marx, a German security researcher, successfully offered 68 bucks. So he made a counteroffer and got it down to 68 And when it arrived at his home in Hamburg, the rugged handheld machine contained more than what was promised in the listing. Okay. Tell the me device's more. memory card held the names, nationalities, photographs, fingerprints, and iris scans of 2,632 people. Most of the people in the database were from uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Many were known terrorists and wanted individuals, but others appeared to be people who had worked with the U.S. government hmm. or simply been stopped at checkpoints. Metadata on the device called a Secure Electronic Enrollment Kit, or SEEK-2, revealed that it had last been used in the summer of 2012 near Kandahar, Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So they get all this yeah. secret information, I suppose. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of these people, 2012 isn't that long ago, right. are still around. And some of these are U.S. government folk. Yeah. I would be afraid to have that kind of information. I, would, well, I wouldn't tell that, people. And it also sets up like what other stuff is out there yeah, right now yeah, that yeah. can be purchased on eBay or yeah. anywhere else. People getting rid of things that have been passed along and they don't even know what they have. Yeah. <laughs> if this news makes you want to relive the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan, may I recommend a donation to KUCI instead? 
Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Very good, Molly. A little flourish to that one. I was wondering what he was squawking about. What? He's excited about KUCI. Yeah, I guess he does get worked on. He's out here all the time. He's a good boy. Mm -hmm. He's a good boy, Molly. Good boy. Yeah. Yeah. From the Sri Lanka Newswire. Sri Lanka. Video recordings of an advisor to Sri Lanka's president allegedly sexually abusing a dog went viral. Oh, my God. Professor Ashu Marasinghe, advisor to the president and former member of parliament, resigned hours after the news of the damning videos broke, citing personal reasons. Marasinghe 51 was appointed as a National List Member of Parliament representing the United National Party and served in the legislature from 2017 to 2020. The video recordings had been made by a woman who owned the pet dog. Oh, my God. She said that she'd been Marishingi's girlfriend after meeting him online on Facebook and had lived with him for two years. Talk about our elected officials, huh? (laughs) Santos. George Santos. George guy, Santos. George Santos. Lying yeah. about everything. At least else. we. Yeah, he's lying about everything. But at least we don't have. Yeah. Have to watch him. Well, we're we're not done with, with that story. Nathan, we're not done with that story. That's yet. true. We, we might. We might some, actually find something some, uh, that is equally equally there. disturbing. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's disgusting. This uh, the woman, his girlfriend, that he yeah. met on Facebook. Yeah. Not Santos's, but uh, <laughs> uh, Marasinji. Yes. Mm-hmm. She said she had grown suspicious after noticing changes in the dog's behavior and had secretly recorded the acts of bestiality without Masenji's knowledge. Oh, my God. Uh, Masenji, who has held many high posts in Sri Lanka, including assistant chief government whip in parliament and chairman of the state engineering corporation, could be guilty of offenses under Sri Lanka's penal code and face up to 20 years in prison. Wow. Yeah, Mahler. Yeah, Mahler approves. I do not. Yeah, I get it. You're upset. I don't know what to say to something like that. Un- it's an unsettling story. Yeah. I got another unsettling story please. for you here. Please. Because it's the end of the year. Yeah. You know, you want to get all this stuff. Let's get it. start yeah. new. Exactly. Unload everything. Everything must go. Happy New Year to you, by the way. In, Happy, you know, yeah. whatever. In, yeah. in a few a, hours. A good New Year to you and your family. Uh-huh. Whatever the hell that means. Very good. And overwhelmingly good. Speaking of unwanted sexual behavior, (laughs) from the Catholic Herald, Mm. a priest in the Catholic Church, Marco Ivan Rupnik, who is known to be a close friend of, or known to be close to Pope Francis. Although if you're a priest, isn't everyone supposed to be close? Yeah. It's all one big fraternity. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's, you're, you're in Christ. You're in all That's in pretty close, I guess, yeah. according yeah. to them. Yeah. You're part of the club. Well, it's more than that, though, isn't it? Well, I you're... Mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, if, if it's a club where the president claimed to be you know, a God's representative on earth, yeah. that's a different kind of club that than is. just right. you know, joining the Kiwanis. Conclave. A, it's a conclave of conclave. love. There you go. Yeah. It's a cartel. It's a cartel of love. Anyway, this guy, 
Marco Ivan Rutnik has become embroiled in a scandal amid reports he allegedly invited two nuns to a threesome. Really? So it'd be, you know, Rupnik and two nuns. And two nuns. Yeah. The allegation emerged as an unnamed nun came forward and claimed, that's where they put unnamed uh, nun, you know, like she never had a name. <laughs> you know, I mean, wouldn't there be an anonymous nun? Yes. Yeah. That'd be more appropriate, yeah. An unnamed nun. Unnamed. She yeah. came out, she I was born, not, yeah. and we, uh, we don't want to give her a name. We're not. We, we just got a name we, for we her. We don't really care. Hey, you. Hey, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, the allegation emerged as an unnamed nun came forward and claimed that Rupnik had taken her virginity and bullied her into silence in Slovenia in the 1980s and 1990s. She added that uh, he allegedly asked her and another nun to have sex with him and that he explained that this would replicate the three-way relationship of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Trinity, yeah. 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 The Holy Spirit, Spirit. Yeah. God, and Jesus. Yeah. I think to myself, this is a crazy club these Catholics have. <laughs> it's apparently pretty swinging. Yeah. They, they have this thing know, that people believe in. Yeah, I know. You're right. Like nuns, for example. Yeah, like nuns, yeah. Who and give up you, their lives. Huh? And give up their lives in service yeah. to the church. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus, that's pretty uh, yeah, top-rung stuff there. Yeah, it is. I should not make... And then, and then this Mark, Marco Rupnik guy comes along, and, and, uh, and he, he's kind of a Trumpster, you know? Yeah. He's a scammer. Yeah. Unless he believed it himself. Maybe he has wet dreams about the Holy Spirit. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. But it's weird. The human condition is weird. This comes after Rupnik was accused of sexual misconduct in Slovenia in the 1990s a charge that only came to light earlier this month. And at that time, when asked for a comment, the priest order said the Vatican had investigated Rupnik but had ruled that the statute of limitations applied. What do you think your dad would think about this? I think my dad would turn the channel. Yeah? yeah. Your, your yeah. dad's Catholic. He's very Catholic. Very Catholic. Very Catholic. How do you get to be very Catholic? You just follow him around. He watches that the oh, yeah, channel yeah. that's... Uh, the Catholic Channel. The Catholic Channel. Channel 432. Something like that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, something like that. It's close. And um, he goes to, he's a lector at the church. He's, he, he reads. He's a, he, an erector? Yeah. He reads from the, the, the scripture every fourth or fifth Sunday in front of the congregation. He still does that, huh? Yeah, he still does that. And how old is he? He's 93. Wow. Yeah. So he is extremely Catholic. If that's a, a way you can be, he is. So, hmm. well, I guess this could happen to anybody. Well, that's—I mean—you hear this as a sort of a defense. You know, any group large enough, you're going to have deviant behavior, and therefore, the Catholic Church is no better, no worse than other large organizations where the, these kinds of things happen. I, I, that's the—that's sort of the defense. Yeah. You get a bunch of people together. Ev eventually, inevitably, people will misbehave in very inappropriate ways. Uh -huh. I don't, I don't really buy that, but that's what they say often. Yeah. From Politico, you know, speaking of scams, because yeah. this guy ran a scam, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know if you called the guy that was going after, you know, uh, Marasinji, the mm -hmm. guy that was... Going uh, after Fido. Yeah, having his way with a dog. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know if you call that a scam, 
but certainly uh, Rupnik has a scam going here. Yeah. And here in the United States, Representative-elect George Santos admitted to a bunch of lies about his professional background, educational history, and property ownership. But he said he was determined to take the oath of office on January 3rd and join the House Republican majority. Mm -hmm. Santos, a New York Republican who was elected in November to represent parts of northern Long Island and northeast Queens, said, my sins here are embellishing my resume. Mm. He was saying, like, everybody does it. Yeah, everybody. Well, there's some element of truth that when you're going to apply for a job, you might enhance some of your duties and responsibilities in order to get the job. Well, everybody this, has sex with dogs. Well, there you go. That's, I mean, come on. You do it? I'm saying, no, 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 just, I, I didn't. Well, he literally said, yeah. you know, everybody does it, so why should my uh, embellishing but, my resume be a deal? Yeah, but what he did is qualitatively very different than just in just saying that you you had more responsibilities at Walmart than you actually did. Oh, yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. That's you, I, you might exaggerate a bit. Yeah. You might you say. You might say you had more responsibility. Yeah. If you knew how to do something. Right. You'd say, well, I did that, even though you might not have. I was in charge of ordering for the houseware section. You might say that. Like, you did? You, you might say that. Yeah. Santos admitted to lying about graduating from college and making misleading claims that he worked for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. Which he did not. That sounds crazy, though. Yeah. Well, if I said I worked for Goldman Sachs, yeah. people would just laugh. <laughs> but I if would. I got a haircut yeah. Yeah. And, and, and talked normal... Yeah. <laughs> Then, then people might take me seriously, like this guy. Yeah. yeah he looks like a representative. I look like the representative of perhaps Satan. <laughs> but, but he wants to be in the House of Representatives. Well, the crazy yeah. thing, Nathan, is that you say those kinds of things and people will check. Yeah, they they, they will check. check up on those kinds of things. Yeah. If you say you were the king of France, yeah. somebody might just Google that. And find out the weren't. And some of the stuff he said is just so ridiculous. But to me, part of the, the story here is that they didn't. This guy is now in Congress. I know. And I think it's the job of the press and also the party. Well, that's how we know is yeah. the press did their job to some degree. Well, after. Yeah, I wish they had done a better job beforehand. That's, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. You yeah. want to do it beforehand. Yeah, you're right. Otherwise, it's just. And, and by the way, he's part, he won a seat in this cluster of seats that the Republicans won, which they hadn't won before. There were four seats that they won in the middle, sort of central New yeah. York, that really were the difference in the election. And part of it had to do with the fact that there was a big scandal in Albany, yeah. New, New York, involving the governor, and it cost them in these sort of redistricted congressional races that went from being solidly Democratic to marginally Democratic, and they got, and, and so these scandals apparently turned off a lot of Democratic voters, and they voted for nut bars like this guy, Santos. Yeah. He once said he had a family-owned real estate portfolio of 13 properties, but... Just recently, he admitted that he was not a landlord. <laughs> he said anything. He uh, said depending he was... on whether he's lying or not, Santos may or not be the first openly gay Republican to win a House seat as a non-incumbent. Okay. He also acknowledged owing thousands of unpaid rent and he had a years-long marriage he never disclosed. And also, he apparently lent his campaign $700,000. But not too long ago... He was bankrupt. Yeah. Now, that's where they're going to get him, is these kind of the financial they're, stuff. Well, they're going to look at his looking. tax returns yep. now, and they're, and they're going to find out that he's just, this is all a lie. 
I dated women in the past. I married a woman. It's personal stuff. That's what he said about oh, the marriage yeah, that he never, yeah. uh, I don't know, admitted to. I, 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 it just seems that you want to be, for that kind of information, an open book when you're running for Congress. Yeah. Santos also firmly denied committing a crime anywhere in the world, even though Brazilian court records show he had been charged with fraud as a young man after he was caught writing checks with a stolen checkbook. Now, Nathan, if I walked up to you, you know, and when we first met, if I walked up to you and I said, well, Nathan, I've never committed a crime anywhere in the world. Uh Uh-huh. Would that, wouldn't that be a red flag? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. In the world is the one, is the tip It's off. in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, if you ever look into my background and you see a crime, I didn't commit it. It wasn't me. It was nowhere in the uh, world have I committed a crime. Santos denounced <laughs> reporting by both CNN and The Forward, a Jewish publication, that he may have misled voters about his account of his uh, Jewish ancestry including that his maternal grandparents were born in Europe and immigrated to Brazil during the Holocaust. I never claimed to be Jewish, Santos said. I'm Catholic. Because I learned my maternal family had a Jewish background, I said I was Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, funny. The, y- kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. It's... I'm Jewish. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I'm Jewish. Yeah, yeah. I have, you know... Yeah. A, Jews in my history. I wouldn't say I was Jewish. That's an odd way to put it, isn't it? Well, it's obvious that he got caught in the lie that he was Jewish and said what he said. Yeah. That's all. He just... I'm (laughs) atheist-ish. There's so much here. I don't know what they could do. He is going to take the oath in uh, three or four days from now. Now federal and local prosecutors are investigating whether Representative-elect George Santos committed any crimes involving his finances and lies about his background on the campaign trail. So there's that going on, too. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to find a lot of stuff here. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. From Smithsonian Magazine, COVID cases are spiking in China following the government's decision earlier this month to abruptly relax its strict covid mitigation policies. Mm -hmm. As many as 248 million people in the country became infected with COVID during the first 20 days of December. This means that 37 million people per day may be coming down with the virus. Modelers predict that the country will see close to 1 million deaths in the coming months. 1 million deaths if it continues along its current path. What happened? Well, they remember there were protests, right. and then they relaxed their standards. Right. And in the world, the population at greatest risk are those that have avoided a lot of transmission and have gaps in vaccination. And that's exactly the case for China. There you go. China's strategy for battling the virus over the past few years has been to keep cases as close to zero as possible by imposing lockdowns, strict restrictions, workplace shutdowns, and daily testing, mm-hmm. not for vaccinations. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. From our good friend Michael Hiltzik at the Los Angeles Times. Mm-hmm. 
It was reported that Southwest Airlines' 2,508 flight cancellations over the holiday winter storms accounted for 90% of all domestic flight cancellations in the U.S. God. But you can't blame Southwest for the storm, obviously. No. But for decades, big business in general has been squandering its resources on handouts to shareholders instead of spending money on workers and infrastructure that could have prevented Mm -hmm. this kind of shutdown or cancellation of flights. Business managements have become hostages to cost cutting, squeezing expenses out of their systems in every way possible, trusting to luck that what works under normal conditions will continue to work when the outside world goes haywire. Mm -hmm. The company, that would be Southwest, hasn't invested in scheduling infrastructure to support the network that they developed. So pilots were, didn't know where they were supposed to go. Right. Flights got canceled. When the weather is perfect, the software matches the crews to the planes. But when there's a disruption like the storm, its system can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a case of yeah. another. It's why I don't like corporations, yeah. because... Their goal is to please the stockholders. That's right. Maximize profit. By the way, I did hear an, a report on this, and they were saying that people in Southwest, the people who were the ticket takers and the baggage people were saying that there's been a flood of middle management into Southwest where it didn't used to be that way, and that by virtue of that, it has created this kind of logjam of decision-making. It's made things more difficult for them to react to things. And... Uh, that it may be some of the problem as well. I think that's them trying to cover their ass. Yeah, maybe so. They've just spent the last five years not investing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What else have they not invested in? Right. Maybe mechanics for right. the planes. Right. Right. Yeah. From Ford's magazine, Forbes magazine. Mm-hmm. Forbes magazine. Forbes magazine. Top line Russian sausage magnet Pavel Antov. I just want to say top line Russian sausage magnet. That is an amazing phrase. I don't yeah. think I've ever heard it before. Top line Russian sausage magnet Pavel Antov. A lawmaker who criticized the war on Ukraine this summer mysteriously died at a hotel in India while traveling and became the latest in a string of high-profile critics of Vladimir Putin who have died under unexplained circumstances since the country launched a war with Ukraine earlier this year. So the sausage magnet yeah. is... He, he is, ate it. He's a, he ate it. Antoff died after what? Falling from the third floor of his luxury hotel in the southern district of India's Rayagada. Police there believe Antoff died by suicide, and, but they're still investigating yeah, the matter. Yeah, sure they are. A wealthy lawmaker... Antoff made headlines this summer for condemning Russia's airstrike, uh, airstrikes on Ukraine, lamenting, this is what he said, uh -huh. it's extremely hard to call this thing anything other than terror. Only to later edit this. He, you know, apparently he posted it somewhere, and then he edited it, and he said, oh, it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. And, uh, and stressed that he always supported Putin. Yeah. Please, please, I support Putin, please. please. Sounds a lot like Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump, doesn't it? Yeah. Antoff is only the latest Russian tycoon mysteriously facing an untimely death. On December 4, real estate baron Dmitry Zelenov, 50, 
died while visiting friends on the coast of France after suddenly becoming ill during dinner and then falling down a flight of stairs. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. Well, last month, Viktor Cherkezov, mm-hmm. a longtime ally and deputy of Russian President Vladimir Putin, who was fired in 2007 after publicly discussing infighting with Putin's inner circle, died following a severe illness. And Russian shipyard executive Alexander Buzikov died last Saturday with officials providing no cause of death. <laughs> They've run out of excuses. Yeah, right. They just kind of, well, uh, yeah, He fell it. off the building. <laughs> No, I think they no, we can't do that one <laughs> no, It's been done. No, I, I think they like this guy a little more than they like some of these other guys because the previous guys have been falling out of buildings at like the fifth and sixth yeah. floor. You know, third story doesn't sound so bad. No, no. You're not going to splatter. You know, you're going to break all your bones, but you're not going to yeah, splatter. Yeah, that might be worse. Yeah, maybe what, you're right. What, what kind of, how high would you like to fall from, Mike? Well, for, oof, that's a... If you knew you were going to die. Yeah, if I knew I was going to die, might as well, what the heck, make it... You know, see, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, make it 50. You yeah, know? Right, I mean, yeah. Gives me long enough to. F- I'm flying. So far, so good. So you far, could say. yeah, so far, so good. Yeah. In September, Ravel Maganoff, the chairman of oil company Lukoil, who openly opposed the invasion of Ukraine, died after falling from a sixth floor hospital yes. window. And Anatoly, Anatoly Jeroshenko of the, Rus- of the Moscow Aviation Institute passed away after reportedly falling from a great height <laughs> inside the Institute's offices in September. <laughs> Remember uh, pneumatic tubes, Mike? I do. Yeah. yeah. You, you ever work in a place with pneumatic tubes? At the Hogue Hospital. And they used to have them, I want to say they used to have them in department stores too. Yes, they did. Yeah, to go yeah. down into the stock room. So you'd be at a cashier and you'd say, I want one of those bras. Yeah. Which I was prone to do. Yeah. And, and they would just put like a little order form inside this yeah, tube yeah. and you put it inside this big, I don't know, what, what would you call it? A, 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 a track ne- almost. A network of, network of tubes. Tubes, yeah. yeah. A tube inside a tube, yeah. like a straw. Yeah, like all a, these connected straws. Like a, like a vacuum cleaner. And when you, you open up, them. yeah. Pull yeah that's what's yeah, fun yeah. about it is yeah. a lot of them were clear so you'd see yeah. these little yeah. tubes. Just shooting around. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, especially when they first put it in there because you could hear that... Yeah, and yeah. go foomp, and then it would be gone. It was amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, pneumatic tubes are systems that propel cylindrical containers through networks of tubes by compressed air or by partial vacuum. Wasn't, Com- wasn't that uh, senator from Alaska who didn't understand the Internet? He called it the inner tubes. Remember he called that? it the, uh, yeah, the <laughs> pneumatic tube <laughs> network. <laughs> tubes. <laughs> from the Washington Post. Every year, thousands of claimants find themselves blocked at a crucial last step in the arduous process of applying for disability benefits thanks to labor market data that was last last updated 45 years ago. The jobs are spelled out in an exhaustive publication known as the Dictionary of Occupational Titles. The vast majority of the 12,700 entries were last updated in 1977. The Department of Labor, which originally compiled the index, abandoned it 31 years ago in a sign of the economy's shift from blue-collar manufacturing to information and services. Social Security, though, still relies on it at the final stage when the claim is reviewed for disability. Mm -hmm. Pneumatic tube operator is among the sedentary, unskilled jobs on the list of the Social Security Administration uh, that they use considering disability claims, even though the job 
barely exists anymore. I don't know where it would exist, but yeah. sure some ancient place. God, yes. Four of five occupations in the Dictionary of Occupational Titles were last updated in 1977. The dictionary remains the backbone of a $200 billion disability system that provides benefits to 15 million people. It lists 137 unskilled sanitary jobs, jobs most closely match the skills and limitations of those who apply for disability benefits. But in reality, most of these occupations were offshored, outsourced, and shifted to skilled works de decades ago. Mm. Here's another job on the list. Nut sorting. <laughs> nut sorting. Yeah. No. You know, like nut. little nuts at the end of screws. Yeah. Oh, of, okay. That sure. kind of nut. They're yeah. not doing walnuts no, and cashews. Thinking, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. They could, yeah. but nut sorting. Okay. <sighs> wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 For the last 14 years, the agency has promised courts, claimants, government, watchdogs, and Congress that a new state-of-the-art system representing the characteristics of modern work would soon be available to improve the quality of its 2 million disability decisions per year. But after spending at least $250 million since 2012 to build a directory of 21st century jobs, you still got your pneumatic tube operators and nut sorters going on. Social... Security is not using the new system at all after all this time, leaving antiquated vocational rules in place to determine whether disabled claimants win or lose. The current system is leading thousands of disability claims per year to be denied that would otherwise have a good chance of approval. My God. And from the Wichita Eagle. Wichita Eagle. Police cited a terminally ill Kansas man at the hospital because he allegedly used a cannabis vape and THC paste to ease the symptoms of the cancer that will kill him within weeks. He's laying flat in bed, using some, eating some paste, mm -hmm. buttering some toast, mm -hmm. and they bust him. On December 16th, Hayes, Kansas police raided the hospital room of 69-year-old Greg Bretz, oh, who is suffering from terminal cancer, after a hospital worker at Hayes Medical Center caught him vaping marijuana. Bretz said his doctor told him to use whatever was necessary to relieve the pain, including products containing THC, God. the active ingredient in cannabis. Police told Bretz that his vaping device could potentially be a fire hazard due to the presence of oxygen in the room. In many vaping devices, puffing activates the battery-powered heating device, which uh, vaporizes the liquid in the cartridge for inhalation. So that can, there's, there's some concern about that, some real concern. But Bretz said he's not even on oxygen. Yeah, that's not a problem in his room. Bretz was cited for drug possession and was originally set to appear in court after the new year on January 2nd, 2023. And he's flat on his back most of the time. He can't, he needs assistance to get up. But there's good news, kind of. This week, police dismissed the citation. God. Yeah. By the way, medical cannabis is illegal in Kansas, despite 68% of state residents supporting statewide sanctioned medical marijuana access. I've been saying this for a long time, the Republicans used to put certain ballot initiatives on the state ballots to help affect uh, uh, statewide races to pull pe their people out. 
Democrats should be putting up legalizing marijuana initiatives in every state that does not currently have that. Uh And they will pull in a whole other part of the electorate into the ballot box. Well, I think people are starting to understand that. And what's silly, too, is a lot of uh, Congress members in Republican Congress members have already invested in cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, John Boehner left the House of Representatives as the speaker in order to become a lobbyist for the hemp um, hemp lobby, if you will. Yep. From BBC News, the Drug Enforcement Administration said it seized more than 379 million deadly doses of fentanyl this year as the country continues to struggle with an epidemic of drug overdose deaths. The seizures include 50.6 million pills laced with the ultra-deadly synthetic opioid and 10,000 pounds of fentanyl powder. The seizures amount to enough deadly doses of fentanyl to kill every American. From Denver 7 News, a public library in Boulder will be closing indefinitely after higher than acceptable levels of methamphetamine were recorded in restroom air ducts. Higher than acceptable. I wonder what's the acceptable level (laughs) of methamphetamine. (laughs) Those are their words. Higher than acceptable. Higher than acceptable. I, you know, I mean, bless their hearts. Yeah. These are bureaucratic folks. Y- yeah. And they have a language they need to use. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, WTF, <laughs> what's methamphetamine doing in our restroom ducks is, would be my uh, memo. Uh, the city made this unprecedented decision after receiving results of tests it ordered of duck, air ducts in six of the restrooms in Boulder's main library. Boulder, Colorado, that was yep. going on. Well, okay. So you got a New Year's coming up. Mm-hmm. You going to do anything special? Mm, I might have a beer. Beer? Yeah, I might. Pretty excited. Yeah, looking forward to it. You going to make up any resolutions? You going to think about no, it at all? No. Or are you just going to blow that it's off? Just sort of, it's kind of late for that kind yeah, of thing. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, well, really. Well, yeah. Who am I kidding? I'm resolved to live through the next year. <laughs> I think that might be a good That's one. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> And finally, from Yahoo News, doctors in France removed a World War I artillery shell from the rectum of an 88-year-old man. A spokesperson for Hospital Saint-Mus said initially a bomb squad was called and the hospital evacuated. The elderly man now is recovering in good health. And he said he inserted the eight-inch-long, two-inch-wide shell in his anus for his own pleasure. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.